State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome to our first basketball podcast of the season. Just a couple more left to go before the new year. It is the State Champs Indiana Hang Time Podcast. Presented by Lawrence Technological University. Over 100 degree programs offered at a university consistently ranked as one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. Even though the subject has changed, the wacky hosts have not. My name is Greg Reichstraw, joined as always by Bob Stan Bazzi. Brother Baz, how are you today? Why, good morning. It's just peachy again up here in the great Northeast. Well, the weather hasn't changed all that much, but clearly the season has. We are a couple of weeks removed from our last podcast talking about the end of the high school football season. So for some schools, they are five or six games into the high school basketball season. For others, it might just be a game or two, and we will have this all year because various different schools are going to have stops and starts in their basketball season. But as I have told people already, and I used this analogy two weeks ago after Thanksgiving, Most teams hope to play between 20 and 24 games during the regular season, and there are 14 weeks to the boys' basketball regular season. In other words, we have the gift of time. So with that, Bob, what has your basketball schedule looked like so far? Uh, Changing. Uh, Literally. uh, We're changing every, every week. We've had to change a couple games. Uh, matter of fact, Greg, last week we had to change all three games. So uh, we're staying busy. We're still doing a lot of games. Uh, but, you know, as going back to your football uh, analogy, we just don't know where these arranged games are going to take place now uh, because of the way COVID has been treating all the schools. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed too, Greg, is with basketball, you know, basically you have 10 players on each team. But what we're seeing now up here, I don't know how it is in central Indiana, but what we're seeing up here, uh, maybe uh, seven players on the bench is what we've seen quite a few times already this year because of quarantine going on in the schools. Well, what, what the, the couple things I think that are happening, and this is, this is obviously wise, is that it's, it's kind of an old school mentality. This hasn't been the case in most places in the state probably for 35, 40 years. And that is that you truly have two separate JV and varsity teams where those teams are practicing separately, maybe at the same time, but like one on one end of the floor, one on the other. And, you know, frequently you'd have maybe eight or nine kids that dressed varsity only, but you'd pull up three or four kids from the JV and try to steal a couple of minutes or a quarter or two for them on the varsity to get them some great experience. Well, now you really have a varsity roster and you have a JV roster and probably separate from that at schools that have enough kids to do it this way. You have a separate freshman roster um, because you do, if one kid gets gets sick, if one kid tests positive, then you almost have to quarantine the entire team. And if you're JV and varsity and practicing together, now you're cooked in both fronts 
for a couple of weeks. Um, there have been many cases on the boys and girls side where a JV team has, has stopped playing for a couple of weeks, but the varsity has been able to soldier on. So as, as is the case of anything in life, we're talking as much about the procedure, you know, right now, yeah. uh, than in terms of, of the actual games themselves of the teams that you have seen so far, Baz, who has caught your attention? Well, to be quite frank with you, uh, nobody has really jumped out this year so far. Uh, I have tried to follow some other teams out of Fort Wayne with Homestead and Carroll. Those two teams are playing awfully well, but uh, uh, a team you're familiar, also familiar with them, Blackhawk Christian, playing outstanding basketball. There's going to be some big, big games come up in Allen County here pretty soon. Warsaw's been playing well. Uh, and I, I just saw Huntington North the other night, and uh, it is truly a Jekyll and Hyde team as they literally came back, hit a shot with 2.2 seconds to go to beat Manchester right after uh, hitting a bucket beater at the buzzer to beat Mississippi, and right after they come back from trailing Warsaw 23-6 uh, to six and defeated the Tigers. So you don't know what you're going to get out of the Vikings, but right now the pick of the litter up here is Blackhawk, Homestead, and Carroll. Bob, let me tell you about my last 10 days of calling high school basketball. Because if my voice sounds a bit raspy, <clears throat> I may have overused it just a bit. Because um, <laughs> it's a great problem to have. And again, especially now when we're unsure, you know, if, if, if the game you have on schedule that night is actually going to get played. Um, on Friday and Saturday alone, uh, I can give you three examples of games that were called like before the JV, as the JV kids were warming up. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're both teams were sent home saying, no, nope, we've got a positive test. We'll, we'll yeah. reschedule this game and, and we'll move along. So, you know, uh, in fact, on Friday night, I get to the game. Our crew gets there three in the afternoon. I get to roll in about six for a 7.30 tip-off. I get there about 6.10. I see the truck and I see 20 minutes on the clock and it's not moving. And I go, uh-oh. And turns out that the JV teams were warming up. One of the players tested positive. They immediately canceled the JV game and sent – the JV kids from the team that had the positive test home, but yet they still played the varsity game because they have been playing separately. So um, that statement being said, the amount of teams and quality teams I have seen in the last 10 days has been staggering. And thank you to my wonderful ISC Sports Network crew for putting the miles and the long hours to bring these games to fans across the state. And, and because of the internet, anywhere in the world, they'd like to watch. So last Saturday, Baz, I did five of seven games at the All-State Sneakers for Santa shootout. I was able to see Brownsburg, Gary, 21st Century, Plainfield, North Central, Brabuff and Avon, uh, Warren Central, Crispus Attics, Hammond and Lawrence North. That was last Saturday. <laughs> last Tuesday, I had Bar Reeve opening up their brand new gymnasium, first new one since the original school was built back in the 60s. They got Bloomington South to come in to play them, and Barry won. We'll talk more about Barry in a moment. Uh, on Wednesday, I had LNLC, and LC is not considered to be as good as they were last year, which is an understatement because they lost three Division I kids off of that team, two to graduation, one to a transfer because dad was an assistant coach and became a head coach at the school just south of them in Warren Central. <laughs> then I was at Warren on Friday night, for number five cathedral 
and number seven Warren Central. Then on Saturday, I saw five more games and called four of them, including uh, the uh, number ones in all four classes who are playing the same event. Bari the second time, Silver Creek, Blackhawk Christian, and I've had all three LN games so far because apparently I've shifted allegiances uh, from the Greyhounds to the Wildcats. So as I count those up on fingers and toes, that would be six, seven. That was 12 high school basketball games in eight days. How am I doing? That's awesome stuff. You sound like a Wabash County tournament up here. Exactly. That's good stuff. The, the quality of teams you got to see is, is phenomenal to see those type athletes. And there was a dandy down there on Saturday night. There was. So I, I will, I will, I'm going to defer to you on the two Fort Wayne teams. And I did not call Homestead's victory over Cathedral, um, but I was there for it. And this was last Saturday in double overtime. Luke Gooding, who we've talked about on the football field, but is going to play basketball in Illinois. And then Fletcher Lawyer, who is a move in from Clarkston, Michigan, uh, who is a Purdue recruit. Uh, he is just a junior. And Homestead, obviously, is now six years removed from winning a state championship with Caleb Swanigan. But perennially, and this is almost in every sport, they have turned into one of the better teams in Fort Wayne. Is that southwestern suburban school just continues to grow and has grown so much over the last couple of decades? Quick impressions of, of, of what Homestead can do the rest of the way, Baz. I, I, it's scary uh, for up here. And I'll say the fact that uh, with the move-in coming in, uh, they got to work as soon as they possibly could uh, to get the cohesive team play. And they have found that niche right now. Uh, big game going to be coming up here uh, at the uh, end of the season when they have to uh, take on Carroll in the conference. But other than that, uh, Greg, they, they got a good schedule. Another big game coming up is going to be Blackhawk in uh, uh, the second week of January. So looking at those two games, that's what kind of jumps out of me. And, yeah, they play the Warrens. Uh, they play North Central and, and Mary and all that stuff. But those are the two games that really jump out and will pique the interest up here of everybody in northeastern Indiana. But uh, Homestead right now, uh, man, I, don't, I just – been trying to follow everything around northern Indiana, and I just don't see anybody up here because of their team depth and uh, with the coach they have in Coach Johnson. This is going to be a team to reckon with. I think definitely goes to semi-state, if not the state. There is not going to be a Summit Athletic Conference tournament this year, correct? Correct. All right. So normally that is a staple of the week after Christmas, but because of the pandemic, it's not happening. I love the schedule that Chris Johnson put together at Homestead. Here are their next six games. At Fonzo White's Fort Wayne Lures team, obviously conference games, you're going to play that one. They're playing in Grace's big shootout at their wonderful arena at Grace on Saturday. They get South Bend St. Joseph. as a young man's going to stay and play at Notre Dame next year. They get Brownsburg and Warren Central twice in the same day. Carroll is doing a single-day shootout. But some teams like them to play twice, and Homestead is one of them. Then they're going to go play Jalen Blackman and Marion at the Bill Green Arena. Then North Central and Leland Walker goes to Fort Wayne on January the 2nd. Then they get Fort Wayne South. Again, won't be as much of a test conference game. Then there's that unofficial Fort Wayne City Championship against Fort Wayne Blackhawk on January the 12th. By the way, Homestead goes to LN on January the 23rd. They go to Hamilton Southeast on February the 6th. If I'm not talking Fort Wayne sports with you, Baz, I'm talking with Brett Rump from 1380 The Fan. 
And I was on them a couple of weeks ago when it was after basically Central Indiana swept, you know, the six football state championships. And he asked, how can the kids from Fort Wayne compete? And I said, well, if I'm the summit, I'm dropping two conference games. I'm, I'm stopping playing a double round robin. And I'm allowing my schools in week one and week two to try to find competition outside of Fort Wayne. So they have an idea as to what they need to do to be successful past the sectional round. And I bring that up because I love the fact that Homestead A is playing the best non-conference team in Fort Wayne and Blackhawk. And they have put as many Indianapolis schools on the schedule as possible to make them battle-tested come tournament time. There's no argument there in regards to uh, changing the schedule to try to go outside. But Fort Wayne uh, just went to the schedule not that long ago, I think maybe 15 years, where they mandated that you play everybody in the conference because they used to, in the past, Greg, have a game or two outside of the conference. But economics took over in Fort Wayne, and that's why they went to this schedule. By the way, let's thank our friends at Lawrence and Logical University, located in Southfield, Michigan. 27 teams across 22 sports. Track and field, men's volleyball, some of the newest offerings. Nothing quite like being a college athlete. If you've dreamed about it, then check it out. Head over to ltuathletics.com and click the Be Recruited tab on the homepage. Fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right. So I got to call Blackhawk Christian's victory against Silver Creek 94-84 in double overtime on Saturday night as part of the Forum Tip-Off Classic. Blackhawk won the 1A two years ago. I am fully convinced they would have won the 2A last year if the tournament would have continued on. Uh, the top seven players off of last year's team are all back on this year's squad for Blackhawk Christian. Obviously, Caleb First, who not just had a double-double, had a had a Hugh Downs. You know what that means, Baz? I'm a listener. 20 and 20. Uh, That's is what I figured. Also called as a Barbara Walters. You, John Stotzel, even. You can go at any of, of the old anchors there for that. Uh, Zane Burke had 31 uh, as Blackhawk beat Silver Creek, albeit without Trey Kaufman, but still two Division One level kids, and Cooper Jacoby and Brandon Northern. Um, there are other really good teams in 2A. Shenandoah, Blackford, um, Linton Stockton, uh, and, and Blackhawk will see two of those teams um, in the Hall of Fame Classic coming up on December the 30th. But what, what Mark Davidson has built at Blackhawk Christian is absolutely outstanding. And I love Caleb first because, frankly, he could easily have gotten bigger numbers. He truly is a pass-first type of player. He is wonderful at sharing the basketball. Blackhawk Christian is one of the best teams in the state, period, Bass. Yeah, they, uh, they are really a team concept. Got to see the kid when he's a freshman here at Huntington North uh, at the semi-state. Uh, but, uh, you know, I sit here and I look at their schedule, Greg, and uh, they're a 1A school. Uh, they have to play up. They're 2A. But uh, they, they, who they got coming up in 1A? Well, they get to play Bar Reef, as you, as you mentioned. And, and then Lakewood Park and Indianapolis Tinley are the only 1A teams on their schedule and not the first 2A team on there other than Canterbury and everybody else is 3 and 4. They're playing up. Uh, Coach wants to play the best because he believes he's the best. 
and wants to help these kids understand what it means to achieve, to beat the best. In the last coaches poll, which came out on Sunday night, they were fourth in the state. Again, that's a one-class poll, um, and and I tend to agree that that they are of that ilk. They are they are that good at Blackhawk. They are seven or eight deep. Um, Coach Davidson has a strength training background. Uh, he played professional basketball after his college days, but he also competes in strongman competitions. Um, he has passed that on to his players. That is the most physical uh, non-football school I've ever seen. And I mean that in a positive way. Those kids are yoked. They're ready to go. Uh, and so they can hang with anybody in the state. Uh, and, and this is a year where, to me, the top three teams in their respective classes, Bar Reeve, Fort Wayne Blackhawk, and Silver Creek at full strength. When Kaufman gets back, and the prevailing wisdom is, Trey Kaufman, those that don't know, the Purdue-bound recruit, um, Certainly Mr. Basketball candidate, maybe even a favorite, but there's so many wonderful seniors this year. I cringe at calling anybody a favorite because there's so many guys it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but those three teams are, are distinctively the favorites in their classes. And I, and I don't want to dig this back up because it's been over 20 years. If there was ever a year for us to have a tournament of champions, <laughs> this is the year because the three teams I think are going to win one, two, and three A – all really compete at a 4A level uh, because of the talent they have. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to get to um, the 1A number one in a team that won't be number one in 3A, but will be as soon as they get Trey Kaufman back. Let's start with Barry. They played four times in the last eight, eight days, Bob. They opened up a brand new arena. They have not allowed more than 38 points to anybody they have played. They have a Division One signee in Kurt Hope, who's going to play at Bellarmine. Uh, he is at six foot eight. Their starting five are all 6'2 or bigger. Um, again, I, I don't know if they would have won 1A last year because of how good Gary 21st Century was. I think Bar-Reeb is the, is, is, the, is the easy favorite in 1A this year. Um, it's what, when you see a program from all the way across the state, Baz, and you just know, hey, they're going to they're gonna be good and they're going to make a deep tournament run seemingly every year. Um, just kind of your thoughts on, on from afar what you see from this Bar-Reeb team. Well, the, the thing you see is a rich tradition, and uh, uh, I, 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 I'm going to throw Pioneer into this, okay? Uh, Pioneer, their kids understand when they are in elementary what is expected of them when they get to high school. Well, that's what I see with Barib. My goodness, you look at the rich tradition they have down there. The quality of coaches, I think also, Greg, lend so much to a program. And they got really, really good people running everything down at Bar Reeve. And right now, this basketball program, they understand in seventh and eighth grade, in fifth and sixth grade, what it means to be part of this program and to be part of the program, you have to do it the right way. And and I think they play through uh, trying to intimidate other people, to be quite frank with you, of their rich tradition. Because when they walk into an arena, from what I'm told, their heads are up and they know they're there for a reason. By the way, Barry's going to play at Carmel next Wednesday. I get to have that game on television. I can't wait to see him match up uh, with the 4A if not number one team, the number two team uh, in the Carmel Greyhounds. Um, and, so, and so, again, Barry, fantastic. Silver Creek, I love the fight they showed against Blackhawk Christian. Um, again, Coffin has not played yet this year. Cooper Jacoby's going to play at Toledo. Brandon Northern is a junior. Uh, he was the backup. He was first player off the bench as a freshman when they won the 3A title two years ago. Um, he will get Division One looks. 
Both he and Jacoby go for over 30. In the uh, five games that Silver Creek has played so far, Jacoby's had at least 29 points in all five of those games. He's had uh, more than 30 points in four of those games and got to 44 in one of them. Silver Creek lost back-to-back games this weekend. They, they equaled their loss total from last year at two. They were knocked off by North Harrison, uh, who has 6'10", Langdon Hatton, uh, who was going to play at William & Mary next year. Um, and, and then, the, and then the, the fight they showed being down by 16 early in the first half to send that game not to one overtime but to double overtime uh, is, is, is rather impressive. Brandon Hoffman walked out even after a loss on Saturday knowing a lot about his basketball team. I think that the combination of Jacoby, Northern, Kaufman, and the role players around them like Trey Shane, Nolan Gilbert, Isaac Hinton, et cetera, to me, just like Blackhawk Christian, Silver Creek is as good as any team in the state. Not in 3A. Bob, I think they're as good as any team in the state, period. Well, man, you just brought up a great or made a great comment, Greg, that people know their roles. Uh, Not everybody is going to be across the top fold of the local newspapers if we even got one. But uh, you sit there and look at it. If you understand your role as a teammate, I tell you, you now make your team that much better. So let's get to the 4A guys. Uh, I have not seen Carmel yet. I will rectify that. On, uh, on on Friday, uh, you have heard me say that this is a you know where where I, I pointed to three teams in the in one two and three and go, yep, those are the favorites. Um, and, and Heritage Hills is awfully good in three A again. Blake Sisley going to head to Evansville, outstanding post presence. Um, and even for Bar Eve, if there's one team I think they have the best chance of beating them, it's Lagodi, who's in their own sectional, who beat them in the regular season last year. I still have my favorites. <laughs> Baz in 4A, I think it's wide open. I may feel differently after seeing Carmel for the first time because their results have all been very impressive so far. I have seen LN three times. They have won all three. They they have all been 60 points and under as far as what they have scored. Um, and uh, they, have, uh, they have won their three games by a total of seven points, but they beat a great 3A squad in Hammond by one. They beat their rival LC by five. And they beat the two-time defending Ohio State champs in Archbishop Moeller of Cincinnati by one in overtime on Saturday night. Bob, there were six or seven Division I players on the floor in that game. Saturday night was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I was trying to follow along while we were doing our game to follow that game because it uh, it was just a great high school basketball game. It had to be really special, Greg, uh, to see a game like that. But uh, to see Moeller come over and take on Lawrence North, and you're saying maybe not the best Lawrence North team from previous years, but uh, this this must have been a real slobber knocker. It's a Lawrence North team, and congratulations to you for ensuring you got that phrase in at least once during the show. <laughs> it wouldn't be the show if we didn't hear that, so thank you. Um, from, a, from an LN standpoint, the bar is set so high because they're LN. Yeah. And, and because they were so good last year. The issue they have right now is they're not overly deep. Now, they did have a young man come back and rejoin them for the game on Saturday in Dwayne Montgomery. And he'll be a post player off the bench for them. One thing that LN that has changed for the Wildcats and much to the betterment of their football program is that you see a lot more kids playing both sports now. Um, For a long time, the basketball kids didn't play football at Lawrence North, and Lawrence North has struggled in football. They had their best record this year in 15 years. 
Well, guys like Donovan McCulley, he's going to play quarterback at IU, starter on the basketball team. David Beatty's the first guy off the bench. He's a wide receiver and punter on the football team. I mentioned Montgomery. He's probably going to play Division One football position to be determined. H-back, tight end, potentially tackle defensive end uh, for Montgomery. Um, there's a great wide receiver in Omar Cooper who would have started for Lawrence North in hoops this year, whose mom and dad are both Division One basketball players, who unfortunately tore his ACL in the final football game of the season. So he's probably not going to play basketball this year, hopes to play next year in what would be his senior season. Um, so with that, LN is not as deep as they have been. Their top three are going to Butler, um, probably low division one in Shamar Avance, who I think is vastly underrated and had 23 in the win on Saturday night. Uh, and then CJ Gunn, you got to pick the school, uh, as a six, four shooting guard junior, uh, that's a really smooth basketball player. And again, I, yeah, I just rattled off, you know, three of the primary six kids that play, are going to play division one basketball. Two of the next four kids that play are going to play Division One football. And I'm sitting here telling you, I've not been overly impressed by Lawrence North. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and it shows you how good they can be. I think how good they will be. It's the reason why we have them a bunch on the ISC Sports Network this year. We will next see them a week from Tuesday when they play host to Fishers. LN is really good. But Bob, to me, after three or four weeks of the season, I think there is more parity at the 4A level than in any other classification this year. Yeah, I can't argue. Because I'm sitting here looking once again at Carmel. Uh, they're just and doing some reading about Carmel. This is a beast uh, down in central Indiana, as we talked about Homestead already. Then a team we haven't talked to uh, or said a word about is a team that can put some points on the boards in Annapolis Attics. Yep. And uh, they're, they're just run gun and giggling all over the place. And then you have to look at, oh, by the way, Cathedral – and then one of your teams, we talk a lot about football, Lafayette, Jeff. So really the top six teams uh, right now, uh, put them in a hat, shake it up, whoever falls out. It, it could be the winner. Attic's got a huge win in beating Brownsburg on Wednesday. They played three times last week. Obviously their biggest win is Warren Central. Attic's is going to play LN January the 2nd. Um, they're going to play Blackhawk on February the 20th. And they're going to finish the season by playing Carmel on February the 23rd. So – you know, Addicts is up in 4A, none of a success factor. When a couple of IPS schools closed going into last year, more students went to Addicts, <clears throat> enrollment went up. They have gone from being one of the best 3A teams in the state to one of the best 4A teams in the state. And again, it's 6-0 and and that ridiculous sectional 10. Addicts is uh, every bit as good as the rest of them this year in that sectional. Final thing before we let you go, and again, this is more of a big picture than getting out of the nuts and bolts and about a specific team. Um, I am so happy and thankful that we are playing. I so miss having fans. We have all these great games at Southport. There's probably a hundred to 200 in the building because we are limited to, to family members uh, kind of over, a, over a two game span. The same thing um, would be said, uh, you know, from Brownsburg last week. Uh, when I did Bar Eagle Lincoln South, there's probably 800 to 900 there. They were, they were in a quarter attendance at that point in time, and it seemed like a sellout. Um, I am happy to bring these games to people that can't go. I, I've always had that sense of appreciation. It's now, you know, tenfold of what it has been in years gone past. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a solution by the time we get to the end of the basketball season. I hope it gets better. 
from a vaccine standpoint, from a mask wearing standpoint, where we start seeing more fans in buildings in, say, January, February, and especially by the time we get to March. But just know, fans, I miss you terribly at basketball games. I hope I'm doing my job in bringing you the pictures and the sights and sounds of Indiana high school basketball. But my guess is, as you're broadcasting to largely empty gymnasiums as well, Baz, you feel the exact same way. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Every day I, we kiddingly say, well, we have a sellout tonight <laughs> because we sold our 100 tickets. And uh, what is so strange in the arena, because as everybody knows, I'm not a quiet guy when I get on a mic. And uh, they're listening to our play-by-play across the court. And uh, so uh, I'm like Greg. I, I, I miss I miss the fans because I miss the emotion uh, yep. they bring to the game. And, I, and I've talked to a lot of players, Greg. I know you have too. And that's what they're telling me. They miss the energy they get from the fans at every game. And I said this before the season ever started football. And I say it every week. I'm so blessed and so lucky to do this. But I also feel uh, this is the most important year of high school sports in the media because we have a task that we've never had before that we must take and do our due diligence to make sure we paint that picture for our great listeners out there because they are being shut out. We are their source of the game. Great way to end it right there, my friend. Great to have this conversation with you every week. We'll do it again one more time before the holidays. Take care, buddy. Take care, Greg. You got it for Bob Stambazzi, and how about the boss, Greg Nash, behind the scenes? <laughs> this is Greg Rakestraw, and you have been listening to the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast. Podcast.